The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? Thus, when you go with your accuser before the magistrate, on the way, make an effort to settle the case, or you may be dragged before the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's Gospel, Jesus is addressing the crowds who are not recognizing the very great sign right in their presence, Christ, the Savior. They can recognize other signs of weather patterns that affect decisions about when to harvest and when to sow and so on. But they don't recognize Christ, despite the many signs of his miracles and teachings. And worse than that, the religious elite of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees, they outwardly oppose the sign. And in the end, they will crucify Christ. This is very important for us today because the signs of Christ are still very present. But do we recognize Christ? Do we recognize the signs in our midst? Christ in the poor, in the suffering, Christ in those who we perceive to be outsiders or are be blinded because of other prejudices or distractions and so on. So it's very important for us to discern Christ in our midst. Jesus goes on to say, why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? Thus, when you go with your accuser before the magistrate on the way, make an effort to settle the case, or you may be dragged before the judge. The judge throw you into prison, where you will be there until you pay the last penny. What's he getting at here? What is this prison? It's a spiritual debtor's prison. We are all in debt because of our sins. Sin places us in a kind of prison. So we owe a debt before God. Question is, will we settle accounts now, as we have opportunity, or will we wait to the particular or general judgment? Let's settle them now, and the Church gives us a great opportunity in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, where we confess our sins, receive mercy and forgiveness, we do penance, sins are wiped out, death's forgiven. If we don't do that, if we don't perceive the great sign in our midst, the sign of forgiveness, and we persist in our sins, then Indeed, we will be thrown into prison. Now, this prison cannot be heaven because heaven is not a prison. It can't be hell, no one gets out. So it has to be a temporal place of paying off our debts. Here we have Jesus clearly teaching the concept of purgatory. That even after death, we have this opportunity to pay our debts, but it's much better to retire them now, this is another teaching because just a couple of days ago, Jesus taught 
the notion of purgatory in the same chapter, and we reviewed that. And it's not just Jesus who teaches about purgatory, it's all through the scriptures, beginning in 2 Maccabees, even way in the Old Testament, where we have Jewish soldiers who had died in battle, but they were wearing sacred tokens of idols, which meant they were involved in sin. What does Judas do? He takes up a collection of silver and offers it as a sacrifice for their sins and then prays. And the book of Maccabees says it is a good and holy thing that he has done. He made atonement for the dead. St. Paul also teaches about purgatory in a very important passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where he uses the analogy of a sacred temple that's being built. The foundation is Christ. We're called to build on that foundation and if we build on that foundation using gold, silver, good works, our works will be tested by fire. And if our works survive, we will receive great rewards. If we build using lesser materials like wood, hay, and stubble, in other words, not good works, sins, venial sins, again, those works will be tested and they will be burned up. We will be saved, but only through the fire. That's what St. Paul says. What is this fire that Paul is talking about? Well, in heaven, there is no suffering, so it can't be heaven. In hell, no one is saved, so it can't be hell. It must be, again, purgatory, this fire of God's love, or as Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, our God is a consuming fire. That brings us to the first reading. St. Paul warns us that although we are baptized, although we have grace in our souls, we still have to battle the effects of original sin, which is concupiscence, this tendency to be attracted by our disordered passions. St. John talks about it in his first letter, chapter 2, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are very, very serious temptations that we have to do battle. And when we do, and we invoke the Holy Spirit, we will overcome. That's why Jesus in today's Gospel really talks about the Jubilee. If you remember way back in chapter 4, he talks about him being the Jubilee. All debts are cleared off. He brings teaching to the poor, healing to the blind. That's what he's offering us every day in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, the Jubilee. Ultimately, the people would not listen, and we find in chapter 19 of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus still weeping and lamenting, this time over the city of Jerusalem, because it did not recognize the time of its visitation. It will indeed be burned up and destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. So it's a very important gospel that we have before us. In the first reading, Paul concludes by saying, Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the conclusion. And that's what Jesus is doing every day in our lives. He is fulfilling Jeremiah chapter 31, where he prophesies, I will give them a new covenant, put my law on their minds, write it in their hearts. So he's transforming us from the inside 
exactly what's happening in the Eucharist. And every time we come to a sacrament, we're being transformed from glory to glory. So we have the power to overcome this concupiscence and not be enslaved by this passion and not rack up a lot of debts, but rather share in God's glory even now and taste eternal life, the glory of God, even now. That's what the church offers through her sacraments. So let us rejoice today that we have the opportunity to receive Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and share that good news with everyone that we meet.